Hello, everybody. It's Graham Cove with another My Music. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday. Uh, whatever you're doing, whether you're at work or at play, do stop it. Put your pens and your paper down. Uh, turn off your Excel spreadsheets because in a minute I'm going to be speaking to Barry from Modern Love. First, we're going to watch this. Barry, thanks so much for joining me today. Part oh, of my the pleasure. four-piece uh, Modern Love. It, from Ireland, originally, from mm -hmm. a place called... Now, I'm rubbish with pronunciations, but tell me if I'm getting this right. So, Drohydra, yeah? Is that pretty much how you pronounce it? Uh, it's uh, Drohydra. Drohydra, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, now, I looked that up. Drahada. I looked that up prior to doing this. Um, so, population of... Uh, you know, just over 30,000 people. What was that like musically growing up in that area? Um, I suppose it's kind of that idea um, in a lot of like pop punk and indie music of like, you know, that like small town boredom kind of growing up in that. And uh, especially as a bunch of musicians, you kind of look to places like London, New York, like california where where stuff is always happening and kind of getting a bit envious of that um but i i suppose it's still still influenced and informed our music in its own way sort of the songs that we've written are kind of all about that place um all about going out and draw out and our escapades there yeah and partly to do with escaping that place maybe as well then yeah, I think it was actually recently that me and Danny, our bassist, were talking about it. And I think the first song we ever wrote was uh, our song Us, which kind of has this like stadium vibe. And like we had no right to be trying to write a song <laughs> to play in a stadium. But I, I think it was that it was that escapism being from like a small place and just wanting to. Yeah, just be in front of loads of people and communicate with them and be traveling the world i suppose and kind of just being very ambitious with their music from the get-go yeah did you all grow up in a, in musical households were you did you have music running through your families or um yeah i mean uh Kean, our drummer his dad is a drummer as well i think he started drumming when he was like three years old um and then yeah i think we've all apart from that kind of just we grew up listening to music and like like just listening to our parents' music in the backs of uh, their cars and stuff. Um, there is definitely a lot of appreciation for music in all of our in all of our houses. When you first started, like when you first got together, was it more a group of friends that wanted to hang out together, or was it yeah. very purposefully we're going to do music? I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, me and Kian have been friends since we were like four or five. There was definitely no intention of starting a band back then. But then 
I went I went off to a different school and Keen met Graham when they were like 13, 14, and they just started like jamming out um in, in the back of our friend's shed. And then they got onto me, they just needed someone to sing uh like Nirvana covers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I said I'd pop down. I don't think I sang anything for the first few <laughs> for the first few sessions. Um and then I I don't really know. Danny joined the band later and very shortly after that we were we were um we were recording our own music and like writing it and playing gigs and taking it a bit more seriously. Maybe Danny always had that in the back of his mind. <laughs> Maybe he got us going. Um but I think it's kind of just something that we like fell into. Yeah. I'm not sure what the intention was at the start. It kind of feels like forever ago. And like we just kind of it just feels like when we get up today, we don't really question it. Kind of just the, the band always, is kind well, of I'm always thing. intrigued when it's a, a male in particular who's then become a singer of a band where it didn't necessarily start out with you from a young age were put up on stage and done this and then that. What when did you find your voice? as it were because it's not it's not a natural thing necessarily to be a young lad mm. and go right i'm going to sing in front of my peers <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't know i i never i never really thought of being in a band when i was a kid and it was only because they you know they asked me to be in the band but i suppose i was always kind of like i sang in like you know school plays at christmas that kind of thing um and yeah kind of just always liked singing but I never growing up intended to do. I didn't think that was like something I would, you know, do for maybe a job. Um, and it was just after I joined the band and we started like writing songs and sort of the lads kind of motivate me to do it, I suppose. Now some and then people, after that, yeah. Well, some people, when I talk to them, in terms of their influences in music, it's it's very obvious from the music itself. I would I would say, and I could be wrong on this, but I would say that it's probably easier to see your influences from the videos you make. Am I am I wrong on that? I'm not really sure. Maybe it does come out more in the in the music videos. Yeah. I mean, we kind of we take we take influence from so many things that I think it kind of blurs sometimes. Like I, I don't even I, I wouldn't really kind of guess what other people would kind of pull from our music or, or what they would think our inspirations would be. Um, do, you, do you do you feel that actually when you when you look visually at yourself as a band though, there's kind of one foot in the future, but also one foot in in the past, especially in terms of kind of that visual aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, that that does make sense, I suppose. Yeah, I, I mean, we definitely want to look like all of our favorite bands I, right. I suppose that, that that's kind of what informs the way we look or like we just want to be a band and you know like block party the 1975 bombay bicycle club like the cure yeah even you two it's just like they're they're a really cool looking band i want to yeah. be like them i i get that i get that and wh- when you when you first stood there in front of the mic who did you pretend you were then <laughs> I think probably Bono, which is right. kind of hilarious. But I mean, yeah, it's trying to trying to probably be Bono. Used to they were like you two were like probably the first band that I listened to and loved. Just like the Joshua Tree being uh, playing in the back of my mom's car, 
and yeah, Bono's like, like crazy. crazy but that's a great man. person to want to be yeah. because he's got such a great command that. of an audience. You know, yeah, I mean, whenever yeah. I've been to see you two live, the one thing that comes over is just how brilliant a front man he is in terms mm. of holding that audience attention. And what, who, who wouldn't want to be that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a hell of a lot to try and emulate, but uh, I know even if I fall short of of Bono, I'll, I'll still end up, you know, somewhere good. You, you've recently done a North American tour. What was that like? How were you received over there? Yeah, that that was like we were pinching ourselves to to even be over there and then to be selling out some some venues, uh, like in New York and LA and Chicago, Philadelphia. It kind of it was it was so much so fast like we'd been waiting our whole lives like to to be over playing gigs in America and then it kind of just happens to you um and there were there were so many places to be in a month kind of just trying to take it all in all of the time but you can't really no. um but yeah I, I mean like the, the crowds were great um yeah like so so enthusiastic. I was going to say, what's the difference between a, an American audience and an English audience? They just start dancing straight away. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to say something like that. Um, yeah, I, I feel like um, you don't need to convince them as much as maybe like a crowd in Ireland or the UK. You know, sometimes you get on stage. If it's like from a place where people are just, you know, just a bit more reserved, like naturally, or like more chilled out, you know, you need to convince them to to kind of have fun to to let it to let it go yeah uh, it's and, so and just... there it's so there I, I spoke to an american artist last week on here and she was saying it's you know she's noticed that when she's come over here to play it's like people don't seem to come out ready to party and you, yeah they, they have to warm up <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah the only places in in the uk i i found that they were like that was maybe glasgow and liverpool Right. They were like ready to go from the start, but yeah, I'm I'm much more happy being from like Ireland and and sort of yeah having experience with UK crowds and Irish crowds first, and then going over there, I'd I'd, I'd find it very hard to be an American artist and come over here and realize that not everyone is just you know crazy ready to just like lose their shit and enjoy music. Yeah. Now you've got a. Uh an EP that came out March 24th, Nightlife EP. Mm. Um, six songs in total, I believe, on, on that. Um, going through some of those songs, again, it the, the one thing that kind of underpins a lot of your music is that you can dance to it. Mm. There's that driving beat to it. And, of course, there's a, a theme about sort of going out and you know yeah. exploring life in all of those things. I loved, by the way, I loved the, the video to only ever you with the supermarket mm. scanner at the beginning of that who inspired that because that is a moment that all of us share <laughs> in life which is getting stuck at the supermarket scanner but it, I, I suppose it's kind of a metaphor as well really as for kind of getting stuck yeah yeah i mean the the whole music video was kind of just just taking inspiration from like the this last year before we before we kind of like jumped into like tour and yeah, like this, this year is the first like year we've ever been doing this band, you know, full time. It's the first time we've been like really busy with it and too busy to, 
you know work regular jobs so that uh that music video is kind of just like just what we've been doing like i've been doing factory shifts 12 hours day and night and danny's been doing the same uh graham was like working in a bar and stuff and it was kind of just that like you know biding our time waiting to waiting to come out of the woodwork and just start playing music and kind of just that frustration being in a small place and and knowing that we were sitting on something you know with a lot of potential and kind of just yeah people don't really don't realize just what musicians go through definitely in order to make it these days you know most of the musicians that i talk to even Mm. who have you know, maybe even had like you know a charted album, etc. Still working. They're not. Yeah. You know, they're not working as full time musicians. It's a real hard slog. How much do you have to want it? I mean, it's just. It it needs to be a lot. It needs to be kind of the only thing that you want, I think, because. It's it's just the the amount of time that it takes up, and there's absolutely like no pay. Like you're you're kind of until you've made it, you know, in a, in some huge, crazy, you know, movie way. Um, there's, there's not much you get back other than just like the joy of, of the songs and, uh, you know, the people who, who love your music and sing them back to you. Um, you're kind of just always like just spending money to do it, I suppose. And, uh, finding finding the time to do that is is really tough and kind of it's it's sort of just exhausting as well yeah no I hear that and and just doing the other stuff as well outside of the music like social media and doing stuff yeah, that, like this <laughs> no this is this is grand i like doing this the the social media thing is just yeah I, I suppose like a few years ago it wasn't a band's job to be good or an artist's job to be good at social media but now that's that's just a given. Like you're you're a social media, you know, person. If you're an artist now, I suppose you just you need to have visibility. Well, we we see that. I mean, we 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 you know we see the rise of musicians who typically don't have the the kind of you know standard record company contract in the same way that they used to. And actually, everything is about you know, releasing singles time off one after the other, mm-hmm. um, promoting it through sort of tick, constant TikTok or Instagram or whatever activity and make constantly making these little videos and these little shorts. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think it must be nice to be a to, to in a way manage to make it as a band with, without having to do too much of that. But it's, yeah. it's far, very few and far between. <laughs> Absolutely. Now listen, there's another another one of the songs on there, which is called "Ruin Your Night." Mm-hmm. Um, that has to beg the question: what what would ruin your night then? <laughs> oh man, um, whatever whatever happened in that song? Uh, just I don't know, fighting. That's, that's kind of. Well, did that? Is that something that used to happen quite a lot when you used to go out for the evening? Um, like I mean, it all, it always happens, I suppose, and in any relationship eventually there's there's going to be times where you're kind of just it's it's a bit inescapable 
and no matter no matter what you do you end up in the same situation every time you go out uh having fights and stuff like that in terms of where you go now as a band obviously you've got you've got this ep out do you see yourself as an ep type band or do you do you see yourself settling into being an album band at, at some point because you've yeah. got the songs there <clears throat> yeah i mean the the end goal has always been uh an album a debut album uh i think i think we'll have another ep after this one and the idea behind that is just kind of i don't know providing context for like who the band is and who we are like as people and like musically uh before an album's like released uh kind of like setting the groundwork and kind of building up you know our own little world um and then and then releasing an album into that i suppose um yeah i, I think an album in the next year or two and then then will be an album band i i think given your energy <coughs> as a band you all right do you want some water oh no i'm all good <laughs> passing some water through the screen uh, i th i think Given your energy as a band, given the, given your sound, etc., I I can really see you as a festival band. Are, are you looking for that big festival moment to kind of catapult you? Because I, I I personally think that's where it may come from. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm. I mean, we've always like. I mean, you know, who doesn't enjoy a festival anyway? But um, but yeah, like bands like um Block Party and like Kings of Leon, like the bands of those like big like festival days um that those are uh, like the kind of bands that we love and yeah i, I would I, I would love for that to happen <laughs> i would love to for that to happen for you as well who, who would be who would be the dream sort of support slot for you if you if you would could get on the support roster with a particular artist who would be who would that be um there's there's definitely a lot I, I don't know what like all the guys in the band would think um i mean probably between the 1975 and like i think kings of leon like had a had a like tour diaries thing out a few years ago yeah, yeah. and and they seem to have a lot of fun on tour so I'd like to be a part of that it's partly it's partly who you get on with as well isn't it i think if you're gonna do yeah that. absolutely absolutely listen thank you for coming and talking to me today i hope people now go and check out your music as i say nightlife ep uh was out march 24th um available across platforms um can you give us some idea have you got gigs coming up uh yeah so we'll be um we'll be playing like a lot of festivals over the summer in the uk at like truck and tram lines victorious uh live at leeds and uh the great escape uh, I think we have like one gig in London um, as part of a, like a, a little festival called Whiplash. I think that's on like the 9th of May. And then um, in October, we'll be coming back to do a whole, whole other run of UK dates, UK tour in October. Well, I hope you uh, include somewhere in the southwest within that um, so I can come along and see you because that would be absolutely fantastic. But absolutely. Until then, Barry, thanks for coming and talking to me. Um, Cheers, I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, folks, 
do go and check out the music of Modern Love. If you haven't done that already, why not? Uh, and please share this with all of your friends, not because I want to get famous, because that's never going to happen at my age, uh, <laughs> but because people like this really need your support. Uh, this has been My Music with Graham Cove. If you've enjoyed it, thank you very much. Bye for now. Thanks, Barry. Cheers. Thanks so much, Graham.